0: This episode is brought to you by Objective Outcomes. If you're tired of fad diets, yo-yo dieting, and quick fixes that don't last, you should start a sustainable behavior-based personal training that is primed for lifelong changes to promote a healthier lifestyle. You can find us at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com. Also, if you are seeking remote supervision and interested in the application of ABA in health, sports, and fitness, we offer supervision for unrestricted hours, monthly group supervision where you can meet others on the same track as you. You can find more at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com.
1: This is an ABA podcast with two BAs and no no BS. BS. This is
0: Two BAs on a pod. Today, we're welcoming another badass behavior analyst who has more than 20 years of experience in the field of applied behavior analysis. More specifically, she has dedicated the past decade of her career as a speaker and educator on sleep issues in the autism community. She takes a behavior analytic approach on addressing sleep issues, which severely impact the quality of life of those directly affected. Please welcome our guest, Emily Varon. Hey, welcome, Emily.
2: (laughs) So excited. Good to be here.
0: Thank you so much for um, reaching out to us. Ashley and I yeah. were like screaming because we never had – well, like we just started. So to have our first person like reach out to us to want to be on our podcast, oh my God, how like yes. <laughs> honored are we? We are so
2: excited. Well, I found you. You know, Instagram is a crazy place. I found you. Yes, it through, is. Like the Instagram wormhole and like, you mm-hmm. know, following people's videos and stories and all kinds of stuff. And anytime I see, you know, a, an ABA team just, you know, trying to spread the word about ABA and how it can be used in other ways, I get all excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We do too.
0: Yes. Instagram is a crazy place. Like I, that's how Ashley and I met and we're very open yeah. about that because we haven't met in real life. Like yeah. we have this we haven't friend, this friendship and this bond and this, this, podcast that has been developed over just virtual um right. which is something you would not be able to do like 10 15 20 years ago like that just was not the case no. as it is now it's so common just to hop on a zoom and get to know people yeah. you know through dms and comments and yep. it's it's a cra- it's crazy because it just opened up our world view and um we really yeah. are able to get to know people across the country or even across the world yeah so i think right. i think it's re- it's awesome yeah um But yeah, so thank you. Welcome. So I chose this statement. Western medicine and the science it's based on does not know everything. For example, the law of thermodynamics uh, simplifies our metabolism to a point of inaccuracy. Um, And the inaccuracy can depend like how how inaccurate it is because there's so many different factors that our metabolism is based on. It can be influenced by our nutrition choices, our stress, time of the month, autoimmune disorders, and sleep. And sleep. Um, <laughs> and yeah. sleep, yes. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to start our conversation on this statement because um, I I have a lot of different like People that are, like, so science-based, especially in the the applied behavior analysis community, we are, like, science-based, and Mm. um, we put all of our eggs in that basket. But there are, like, a lot of things that we just have not had the research on, so we cannot, like, you know, say, like, this is this. But there's Mm. so many factors, Um, like, the metabolism. It's We need more research on the metabolism. Mm. Um, And, you know, calories in, calories out is true to a point, but it's not as simple as plugging in your numbers in a calculator and it telling you how many calories you're burning. I think our, our body is a little more complex than this basic formula.
2: Just a little. Right. <laughs> That's a little because you know what a lot of people don't understand about metabolism, also just going, you know, uh, relating it to sleep too, is we, yeah. met- we metabolize our hormones all day long. And so um, what we do, what new research is showing actually in the autism community, and um, it's not like a hard and fast thing yet, but they are discovering that some kids, some, not all kids on the spectrum, um, actually metabolize melatonin uh, slower. So, yeah, I mean, so, and and we know that our kiddos have gut issues and and everything Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, there is something to that where everyone's metabolism, you know, it's not just like one thing and, you know, how... Right. It's hard to measure how fast you metabolize whatever, whether it's chicken or your melatonin. (laughs) Right. It's hard to know how that stuff gets synthesized and metabolized and excreted through your body. Right. Yeah. In general.
0: Exactly. I I think the problem is. In Western medicine, like we just don't have the resources to dedicate all of our research in all these different areas. Mm. Uh, I mean, even looking in our field, there's so many holes in our research. Um, And I I feel like every discussion at the end is like, more research is needed, more research. (laughs) It's like, yes, like we need to do more research. Um, Mm -hmm. And I understand to be like a science, we really need to rely on. Um, the empirical evidence, but we just don't have the resources and we haven't been doing this long enough to right. study everything. So yeah. I think it's just important to understand that um, we don't know everything. <laughs> like it's really arrogant yeah. to think that we know um, how our metabolism is, how everything is just, we can just plug it in a formula and it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I just think it's arrogant to think that.
2: Yeah. And mm-hmm. even when we think we've drilled down on the right thing, We. it's always helpful to come in with, instead of that arrogance, saying, hey, this is what it seems to be. If we go down Mm -hmm. the road, assuming that this is what it is, let's talk about function, right? Like if we're talking Mm -hmm. about function, if we go down that road, hey, we we think the function is attention. Let's see what else is going on. Let's put in some some, uh, strategies that are going to be Here's why I think it. Here's where our data shows it. Here's where the but you know let's let's try something out for a few days or a week and let's kind of right. see how it goes instead of saying. And I hear it all. I used to hear it all the time when I was more in the field. Oh, he, it's just attention seeking. He's just attention seeking. Right. That's, that's where the arrogance thinks, right? comes in. That's where that yes. arrogance comes in when someone can like when you can walk into a room and just be like, okay, he's just attention seeking. You have to ignore that. <laughs> Right. No one, right. no parent wants to hear that. They want to hear context. They want to hear why. They want to hear what did you observe in your ten seconds that makes you mm-hmm. judge? And it just comes off as judgy. No, <laughs> it for just sure. Comes on, off as like super judgy. And
1: That's I think when we break it down, and not in like an asshole BCBA way, like when we actually sit there, like, hey, right before your child started. Um, throwing their water on the floor, I noticed that they made eye contact with me for 10 seconds and then began doing that. So for me, that shows me that they were doing that to gain my attention from them. Yeah, And this is how we're going to work. And I think when Mm -hmm. we do that, it's like, oh, shit. I wouldn't have noticed that. I just thought mm-hmm. they were just being a little asshole, like, throwing their stuff everywhere. Because, you know, <laughs> parents will say it like that. I'll be like, oh, I just thought they were just trying to piss me off. And I'm like, well, they definitely were. But, like, this is why. Like, this yeah, is why I saw that. It's
2: a little more meaningful than all that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Right. Exactly. But I think it helps them understand because we just see things so differently once we start studying this that mm. other people don't see in the environment. They'll be like, oh, you know, like I didn't even notice that kid looked at you and then tapped his foot four times and scratched his head first. It's like I did. Yeah. Like
2: yeah. You know, like so yeah. I think it's it's good to we do that. We see all the sure. things. We see all the things. Right. Yes.
0: Yeah, time for observant. Are um, establishing and op- abolishing operation of the week. Um, Ashley, go first because I I had mine and I didn't sleep properly, so I can't think properly. <laughs> so okay, go, ahead and go
2: there's later. good there's good scientific <laughs> reason for that. <laughs> we can yeah, talk about I know. that.
0: <laughs> that's
1: that's her ao probably her sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I know. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. my establishing operation is that I have um, a testing date for the exam for the BCBA exam so I feel like it's Yay. lit like a fire under my ass to study more I've been studying but now I'm like really like yeah all of my free time I'm doing questions on my phone I'm doing notes I'm re-watching the collective I'm redoing my notes I'm doing the homeworks like I'm just like really on it and I feel like that is my EO. Cause like, I just know what the date is. And because of that, I'm like, I need to pass this test. If I don't, um, it'll be okay. Like it will be okay. But I just, I really want to take it once. Um, mm-hmm. but then it's also like an AO because I'm so like anxious and that is like making me like just get in my head so bad yeah. to where like it's abolishing my motivation to like want to study because I feel a lot of, um, Imposter syndrome, to be honest. Yes. Because Mm. I, well, yeah, pressure, but imposter syndrome more because, and Alex and I have talked about this a lot that like we both come from like nothing. So, (laughs) so it's just like, I feel like, am I ready to take this test? Do I deserve to take this test? Have I been in the field long enough? Have like, those are the stories
2: you tell yourself, those are lies you tell yourself. (laughs) Don't tell yourself those lies. look, I'm 47 I've been around I've been around long enough to know <laughs> all the lies um, right you know and we are our worst enemies. so yes. I would think I would take those feelings and change them into your eO and say right I am so deserving of this
0: right yeah. I am
2: so deserving of this and I have worked so hard from nothing. That there's right. nothing that's gonna stop me. And so I'm yeah. gonna sit my ass down <laughs> and I'm gonna show right. myself that I'm right. so deserving of this knowledge and so deser and, and your clients and all the people you serve are deserving as well. The world is missing you. Love you. Aww, Thank I you. love that's that. Oh that's so sweet. I love that too. <laughs> that is so,
0: that is so, it's so true that's though. So yeah, you, you really have to like Re, like, state those statements to yourself, and those right. give yourself positive affirmations. And it's it's so cheesy, like positive affirmations, self fully Like, it's you know, so there's true. There's like,
2: behind that, but there's so, so true. There. There's so much science yes. between af- uh, affirmations, faith-based. You know, things yes. like prayer, things like meditation, things like affirmations. Yep. They've done the yes. science. It is effective. It, works. it is. rewires it is. your brain. It does. It does. It, really it does. does.
0: And I feel like it's a prompt too, like just like a verbal prompt. Because if you say like, yeah. you know, I deserve this, you're gonna, your following behaviors are gonna reflect those statements. But if right. you say I don't deserve this or I'm not good enough, your following behaviors will reflect that. So I really do think right. it's like a, a prompt as well. But it's this so is actually
2: his therapy session went over.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. No, because you, <laughs> you know, know as we're going to
2: come on for a quick therapy I, session this morning,
1: <laughs> just a little one. But I do know this stuff, and I I was like trying to make a post about it for Instagram, but I I like have it as a draft because I'm like it's I know it's so much easier said than done, but I know I have to do that. So I've been trying to like train that, and every time I say something negative to myself, I I'm like oh, but think about like the great supervision you've gotten and how many compliments you get from people on Instagram when you discuss the science. And I like but then I'm like, oh God, I'm arrogant. And then I have to like go back. So it's like, I go back and forth, but it is true. You have to like be confident in what you know and know Mm -hmm. that you're good at what you do. Yeah. Thank you
2: though. (laughs) Always growing, always growing. Yeah. And just don't tell yourself lies. If you're going to tell yourself things, just make sure they're not lies. (laughs) for sure yes don't over exaggerate
0: that's that's very very true you know what i mean if
2: we're gonna talk to ourselves let's at least just be honest let's not tell ourselves things we don't need to hear don't serve us yeah
0: i i I believe that for sure okay yeah for sure my ao is the sleep right now um (laughs) (laughs) this is it's so i don't know if i did it like subconsciously or what but last night my husband and i we just we're hanging out and it Watching the Circle? Do you just watch the Circle on Netflix?
2: No, it's but I stupid. That. It's I want to watch that. <laughs> I want it's a to watch the reality show. Okay, it's about social media, it. right? It's like a social media thing, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's like a it simulates social media. You have a couple of catfish in there, and um, <laughs> <laughs> like literally, people come on as a catfish, and That's you're great. trying to become an influencer. It's Ooh. it's junk TV. It's garbage TV. It's amazing. Um, Sometimes you need that it's just like how you start eating a bag of chips like you can just overconsume. is the same way I do with these stupid reality Netflix love love is blind was the last one that I was just up until three in the morning but it was the circle last night and it was like three in the morning I'm like all right I gotta turn this off because I'm i getting I got I woke up at 6 30 so that's what um three and a half hours of sleep uh I woke up like cortisol like just jumped me out I'm like oh, the podcast and then I was like oh it's 6 30 okay I'm gonna go back to sleep and then I woke up at 7 52 the podcast <laughs> I oh. in the sh- so that's why I haven't had no coffee yet I took a shower washed my face put on clothes I this is my second bottle of water um so I mean water is dead
2: a- ice water ice water before coffee yes yeah, I, I always
0: drink water coffee. because that's my first thing I always do is go drink water it's been like a habit for years now I can't imagine that's great
1: I never do that
0: yeah I can't imagine drinking (laughs) coffee because sleep (laughs) is sleep is is very um, uh, dehydrating
2: Mm, right yeah your body's hard at work your body is hard at work overnight if you're you're getting enough of it if you're getting
0: enough yeah yes okay oh Alan says love is blind absurd that one is
2: crazy (laughs) absurd
1: (laughs) That one's really good
2: though. Yeah, these are oh all my- like little this, – this love is blind and the circle, the, they're all just social experiments to show us how mm-hmm. um, susceptible we are as humans and how weak our brains right. really are and how we do really just believe what we – we really – obviously, we bring the world in through our eyes. Like, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like there's so much that we just see it and believe it. Right. Right. You see it and you believe it. You read it. You, someone puts it in a funny GIF or a meme or, or some yeah. kind of a funny quote, or they feel like they make a good point based on one, like, microbe of this the science or the reality. And then right. everyone's like, ooh, that is so true. <laughs>
0: Right. Right. Oh my goodness. Yes. And then
2: we punch the like button. And then once we punch the like button, then six thousand other things are pushed to our our feeds because of
0: the algorithm, my goodness, yes. (laughs) Yes, it's it's crazy. Did you
2: know or just your AO? No. So my EO said your AO.
0: (laughs) My EO is actually okay. So there's um This fitness program, it went on sale. So that was a big EO to buy the program. Um, It was um, a powerlifting program. So I'm really excited. I've never done like um, a powerlifting style of fitness training. I've always done like more like. No, I've always done like more so of like body, bodybuilding, some strength training where I'm like in the lower reps. Um, But this one is like all based on getting stronger in the deadlift, the squat and the bench press. And I'm really excited just to focus on that. Um, I feel like lately, ever since my my wedding, I was heavily focused on like you know cuttings you know losing weight and then after the wedding i was kind of like going back and forth with cutting and like not really caring so i just really want to shift my focus off of how much i weigh and what the scale was saying and really shift it on um just building strength just because i think it's better for my mental health right now because i'm just i don't i don't like being obsessive over things so if i'm going to be obsessive over this it's going to be over how strong i can get so (laughs) i'm excited for that um, so that's my EO. I just started it. Um, this will be sp- still week one because I started at the end of last week. So
2: Cool.
0: Yeah, that is my EO for this week.
2: And- do I get to go? Should I do my EO? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes, your EO
0: and your AO. Because and then we can get my, into the my interview.
2: kids left yesterday for – my kids are Aww. 12 and 14. They left yesterday for 10 days away with my parents. So nice. I'm kid-free, <laughs> so my EO is like yes. gone, so I can like mm-hmm. focus on my work, and so I can focus on myself, and like Robbie and I, my husband and I can like focus on us, and we're just like, yes. we had a date night last night, which we haven't done oh, wow. and Lord even knows how long. I mean, we've been married 16 years, we've been together 18 years, but you know, so that, that kind of thing sort of falls off the way. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's like, eh, we don't
2: don't need to go out to dinner. Let's just sit in the backyard.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. We have this nice house.
2: Let's just sit in the backyard. Yeah. (laughs) Especially during COVID, we were, like, so lazy. Um, Right. And and I'm an introvert, so it's, like, I I just love being at home. Like, I just Mm – I I prefer it. Like, going out just is sort of overwhelming for me sometimes with, like, the waiting and then, like, all the, like – Yeah. Anyway. That's me. That's my ego no, I get to that. like do some self care. So I've been doing yeah. that, which is why like eight AM this morning felt a little aggressive. I felt aggressive eight o'clock this
0: morning. Oh, we used a seven a seven AM podcast.
2: I, I was like, Mm-mm. no. I told Alex, I was like, nope. You're not getting. Yep. Yeah. You're not getting my ass on a podcast at seven in the morning. That was funny, unless you're like zooming in from Australia. Like you're not getting me on, right?
0: Exactly. right. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I love that.
2: that's my EO, my AO. I guess like Robbie's going away for for two nights, and so it's going to be me and the dog. So it's kind of like, Aww. oh, but I have these responsibilities. Right. I was hoping to have no responsibilities for the next ten days, but I have three days right. with the pup. So, but she's delicious Aww. and adorable. So I don't mind all the Aww. extra snuggles if I have to pick up some poop. Right. Whatever. <laughs> Usually, I give those responsibilities to him or the kids. Like, no, you guys go. You need to learn some responsibility. Right. To pick up her poop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. I. I don't clean the cat litter like ever. <laughs> you so should. Oh, really? hus- yeah, that's my oh. husband's job. <laughs> yeah, I love
2: that.
0: You clean the cat litter. You take out the trash, and that's how it's gonna go. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and you get dinner on the table every night. So there. <laughs>
0: You, you exactly. do. It's true. It is true.
2: It's it's all a, it's debits and credits, Robbie says. It's debits and credits. Also. I love
0: that. <laughs> so Emily, how long have you started like in this sleep field? Like was <laughs> Yes in this niche. In how did this, this begin?
2: Niche. So um Uh, I started in the field of ABA um, just as a supervisor. I came in with my master's. I was a supervisor and I was also um, a a, a BI at the time, behavior interventionist. Everyone has a different name for it. Um, That was 2000. Um, And uh, I, I moved out of Los Angeles in 2010 and started with a new ABA company. We started, we had our family down here and everything like that. Um, on my first, so I, I had just had my babies. I had, I had at home. I had a, a two-year-old and a nine-month-old when okay. I started uh, mm-hmm. at at Aces in in Irvine. And on my first, I, I had just been obsessed with sleep, and I had just got my 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 nine-month-old. He had been sleeping through the night for a couple months, and I remember sleep Great. training my daughter too because sleep was like the most important thing as a mom. You know, every parent has their thing. Like some parents are really obsessed with nutrition, or their poops and their pees, and like making sure they're doing all those things, or you know, how often they their burping, you know, things like that. My thing was sleep. I was read all the books before my daughter was even born. Oh, wow. I read everyone. I read White's Blue. I read I read uh, Happy as Baby on the Block. I read I read <laughs> I read the Sleep Easy Solution. I mean, I literally read all the most popular books. I probably read five or six. Before my daughter right. was born. Right. Right. That's um, that's intense.
0: I yeah, was that intense.
2: Is. I was intense because I was always that even in college and grad school, I was always that person who was leaving the party by like eleven o'clock. Be like, peace guys, I gotta go home and go sleep. I just I didn't that's awesome. I didn't care enough no, about social interactions. <laughs> Or what I was missing out on. I was just super obsessed with like going home, going to sleep, getting in my bed. And part of that was like, you know, part of me being just like a little bit more introverted. But the other part was like, I knew how I felt with less than, you know, eight or nine hours of sleep. So anyway, fast forward to babies. Fast forward to babies, I was, you know, had both my kids sleeping through the night by the time they were six months. And I was just, you know. Wow. Impressive. I, I, was, just, I was crazy because <laughs> crazy. I, I I, felt so miserable and I had bad postpartum depression with both of them. Yeah. It, was, it was bad with my yeah. daughter who was first and yeah. worse with my son. And I just, I wasn't yeah. a good, I wasn't a good person without mm-hmm. any sleep. I just wasn't a good human. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so as I'm starting this new journey in 2010 at my new company, the first day I went out with um, my supervisor who took me out on some overlaps, obviously. You know, you get to know the person. Yeah. The three clients we went on that day all had sleep problems. They were all (laughs) different ages. They were all different Mm -hmm. profiles. They were just like different. They were all different. And so um, Andy Brennan uh, at the time, I was like, Andy, I think I can help. I was like, these are some things, you know. We weren't doing anything super behavioral. It was all setting events. It was all like lighting or scheduling. And I was asking questions like, hey, you know, I just remember the one, the first girl, um, the situation was she was seven years old, wouldn't go to sleep. And when we, uh, and mom was struggling with, you know, difficult bedtimes, she was trying to get her to sleep, wouldn't go to sleep, kept popping out of bed, you know, all all the (laughs) normal stuff. But when right. we had arrived at the house, uh, it was probably like uh, we probably arrived there around like noon, and she was asleep. Mm. And mm. so, and, and the mom was talking about, oh, that's how the conversation started. We were like, oh, where's where's the child? Like, where's our client? She's like, right. oh yeah, no, she she's napping. And I was like... Seven years old? (laughs) So exactly, right?
1: Seven years old. (laughs) That's old to be taking a nap. And then at 12 o'clock, like... (laughs)
2: Right, right. And so she had been up at like four in the morning. And so mom wanted Mm -hmm. her ready for ABA. So she put her down Mm for a nap at like 11 just so that she could be like awake and alert because she knew she wouldn't get Mm -hmm. everything out of her ABA services if she hadn't like slept it off. And so just asking a couple questions like, hey, like, how often does this happen? Mm -hmm. And mom was like, well, every day when she has ABA. Well, how often does she have? She has ABA Monday through Friday.
0: Right. (laughs) So this is the cycle
2: Monday through Friday. And so just by asking those questions and just knowing some age-related norms, like seven years old, you don't need to be sleeping anymore, we were just able to arrange her schedule in a way we're now in the next day, I said, okay, instead of napping, we're going to push through. We're going to put her to bed at 7 Mm o'clock.
0: That's really
2: early for a 7-year-old in most cases. But now Mm -hmm. we're going to have a child who's been up since 4 or 5 in the morning. She's going to be real tired. And we're going to let her wake up at a normal time. And we're going to do that for a couple days. And then we're going to push her schedule a little bit by 20, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes. So these are like, you know, kind of falling into like the do no harm. Like really like let's just see how it goes. Right. So right. things like that. The other kid was like lighting. Like um, they would. He, oh yeah, my son. You know, he he wakes up in the middle of the night a hundred times. Well, okay. Well, he also likes to fall asleep with the lights on. And then I said, oh well, are right. the lights on all night long? And Dad's like, no, 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 no. We wouldn't leave the lights on all night long. We turn them off after they fall asleep. I was like, oh well, let's let's just try either leaving them on all night or leaving them off all night. Let's choose one. And let's mm-hmm. see how the sleep right. shapes out. Sure enough. So anyway, so like a week or two later, my mm-hmm. supervisor, Andy, comes to me and Andy says, Emily, all three of my clients are sleeping through the night. And I was like, right. yeah, like I really like this stuff. And she's like, well, you're really good at this stuff. She's like, so you're going to come out on all of the sleep stuff and <laughs> they'll just, they'll use you in that way. And so, you know, it started out with, you know, I wasn't sleep training, you know, in big air quotes or anything like that. I was just, mm-hmm, right. I was just using what was already in the books. And by the way, what's in the books, most of them. I stayed away from all the anecdotal garbage because there's a lot of like, oh, you have to love your child to sleep. Like that's not a thing. Like, okay, like, okay. Just love them more and give them more hugs and they'll sleep better. Like, no, that's not a that's not a strategy. No, cool. um, but you know, most of the books that I was reading were rooted in the science of ABA.
1: Isn't it always like yeah, that? It is. Yes. It is. It always. Always
2: like yeah. And some of them, like I, I ended up um, really liking a book called The Sleep Easy Solution because they had me taking data.
0: Ooh, right. We they loved love
1: it.
2: Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah. And so I took baseline and I took, That's you know, great. outcome data. And we took, like, you mm-hmm. know, w- with the weaning process, we took data on minutes or ounces, you know, just depending on if you were bottle or breast. Anyway, I really liked mm-hmm. that book. So, okay. So then we started taking, then we went down to the data route. Like two years later, three years later, um, I, I ended up getting my BCBA in 2011. So I had already accrued all my stuff. And then I came mm-hmm. to ACES and then I took my, I sat for my exam shortly after I was hired. Um, so after that, I started accruing CEUs and I, uh, a, uh, Cal ABBA was down in San Diego and I saw Gregory Hanley um, speak. That was in these oh, wow, cool. days when he was the sleep guy. Some people don't know, know that he was the sleep guy before he was the practical functional assessment guy. <laughs> I actually yeah. didn't know that. I,
0: did, I didn't know that either. Know
2: yeah. That. yeah. So a lot of people don't know <laughs> that. I don't know why, like whatever. So anyway, so he's doing practical functional <laughs> assessment now for the last, like, I don't know how many, like eight, eight or nine years. I mean, 20 right, A while, almost, you know, almost 10 years ago, but, um, I saw him, I, I had a three hour seminar with him. You know, he was, The funny thing about that seminar was, you know, it was a three hour like extra day. Like you could like stay an extra day or do a day before Mm -hmm. and do these like extra CEUs. And I was like, oh, sleep. Like that's my thing, right? I'm already doing that. I'm so like talking about arrogance. Like I was so arrogant. I was like, oh, teach me something.
1: Right, like, right. Am I gonna learn from Greg. this guy?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Like, what why could was Greg I so dumb? possibly teach me? Right. And there <laughs> it was not like it was not a full crowd. It was I uh-huh. was expecting like sleep to be like people like burgeoning from like the right. It was well attended, but it was, you know. I mean, I think there were probably maybe fifty people in the room, and it was probably mm-hmm. set up for easily 150 or so. so. I was like, okay, so I felt oh, like wow. it was like this really personal experience. Guy, I was like sitting right in the front row. I was like, okay, teach me something. I want to know everything, right? And so <laughs> I really did. What what his? It, it was a lot of stuff. Like I can say, it was a lot of stuff. I kind of already knew. Not not to be right. like naughty about it, but right, he opened up was a conversation about strategies beyond extinction, ABA strategies that are historically known to work that we've never actually applied to sleep. Things like shaping. Right. (laughs) Like you don't need research on shaping to implement a shaping program because it's already substantiated. So we can go in. I don't need a shaping program for shoe. I don't need research on shoelaces. To know that shaping works for shoelaces, or like chaining, you know, or whatever, like or you know, like you know, if we're getting kids to drink out of uh, an open cup, I don't need research on drinking from an open cup to know that shaping could work for drinking from an open cup, right? Right. So it was very, how do we use these, like you know, chaining, shaping, you know, differential reinforcement of appropriate behaviors. You know, uh, and and really using some prerequisite skills, which he wasn't even calling it prerequisite skills at the time. But how do we, like, teach quietude? How do we teach waiting? How do we teach patience? How do we teach toleration?
1: And then apply it to
2: sleep. Instead right, of right. teaching it all night one through extinction, we're like, now no we're way. teaching the child to be alone and we're teaching them to tolerate waiting and we're teaching them quietude and we're teaching them all these things on night one of what we would call an air quote, sleep training.
1: Right. <laughs> me, <it's-> like-,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like we and just so, wouldn't yeah. do that as behavior analysts in anything that we teach.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. And so what he did was he really painted a a much broader picture in my brain of how we can use these already commonly used strategies, how we can use it for Mm -hmm. sleep and be more humane and not leave parents. He didn't say this. This is my development of my my own philosophies over time, but setting the parents up for success instead of setting them up for failure, where if we Mm -hmm. go like, okay, just walk the kid back to bed 600 times well, now the kid's biting or the kid's, you know, kicking or their self-injury or, yes, you know, there's all these of other- Yes. And, and we're like, oh, just ignore it? No. Zero right. parents no one's are going to have success with that. Parents aren't going to In have the middle that. of the night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2 a.m.? We're not ignoring that. No, yeah, we go lay down <laughs> with my kid and know what works and that's what we're going to do.
0: Right. 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 So. I, I feel like when people hear sleep training, it is like a controversial, just- Training in general, people, like, give the side eye. Yeah. Yeah, they um, but Yes. I'm in, like, a lot of mom groups. And it's so, like, there's a camp of, like, yes, sleep train. And then there's a camp, like, you're monsters. You're abusive. How dare you sleep train your kids? Yeah. Well, That's, um, like, but what we
2: were talking about before is, like, you're only using part of what you know. To make exactly, you're only using right. a word called training to make that decision to say I'm not going to exactly. Train but you guys are the perfect platform to be talking about this because we train ourselves all the time. Like weightlifting is training. Right, the, our BCBA courses are training. We're in Absolutely. training to be BCBAs. Teachers yep, right. are in training to be teachers. When you yep. join a new job, a new career, you're in training. We right. train all the time. We don't just train exactly. dogs to lay down. <laughs> that's exactly. not what we do. We do a lot. And so it, it's so stupid because now there's a new vernacular saying, like, we're sleep teaching. We're doing we're yeah. sleep awareness. I'm like, that's the same shit. Okay. Exactly. But call same it what means. you want to make yourself feel better about doing whatever you're doing. But I do right. think yes. that there is, there is a notion that sleep training has to be extinction, And sleep training has to be cried out and sleep training has to be aversive and it has to involve leaving your child to just be upset, which is a total misnomer and a total misuse of the terminology. I I just think it's gross, you know, gross overuse. But, you know, so, I mean, we take that, 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 that ugly word of sleep training and we go, okay, well, does your child know how to like wait during the day? Like, during the day, when your child wait? <laughs> Most people yeah. are like, nope. Okay. Yeah. Well, if your child's not going to wait during the day for you to come back from getting a glass of water and they're going to follow you out of the room every time you go to the bathroom, we mm. need to start there. Sleep training starts there.
0: Oh, I love that.
2: Sleep training doesn't start at bedtime. It starts right. in the middle of the day when you're hanging out with your kid. Yeah. You're hanging out with mm-hmm. your kid and you need to get up and go get a glass of water. Mm-hmm. They need to stay and wait. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They need to be yes. okay in the safety and security of the four walls of their safe and right. secure, known right. environment that you're just going to the dang kitchen to go get some water. <laughs> And yeah, I
1: was just even thinking like why do they not want to be alone? Like obviously like there's something there where they like yeah, have
2: so specific there, need to be next is, to you. <laughs> yes. So there is so that's a component of it, but there's also a very natural um emotion uh, phase. Yeah, there's right. there's a then it's natural phase where where separation anxiety reemerges around the age of 2. And they just it's more like um I tell I teach parents this all the time I do a mommy and me class locally where it's not that they it's it's a it's a uh, it's a sad statement that I make and some moms like take it really hard, but it, oh. it is a truth as far as developmental uh, awareness goes, is that it's not when you're leaving to go that get that glass of water. It's not that they miss you. It's not that they're like, oh, where is she going? I'm so sad. When is she going to come back? It's not this longing. It's no, you are the center of all things good and wonderful and satiating in my life. Where the heck are you going? No, I didn't give you permission.
0: Right. I, there the, are the behavior
2: <laughs> The egocentric baby, the egocentric toddler wants to be in control of everything. I want when I, what I want when I want it. That is the nature of a toddler. Yes. Right? And that's okay. We work around those things. We understand that as behavior analysts and as developmental specialists, right? We understand they're in a concrete world. They want what they want what, when they want it. Um, and so we teach our families to set some loving boundaries. It's not like, it's, you know, we teach them it's okay to say no to the kitchen knives, Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, for so sure. Why are we setting this limit where okay, I'm going to set this boundary. No, you're not going to have the kitchen knives and we're going to go through the whole tantrum and we're going to go the whole but you're not going to get access to that, right? That's a hard right. no. So, right. when I leave the room, why is the message any different? Like, no, you can access me, even though it's real uncomfortable for me and I'm kind of losing my mind as a parent and I'm kind of upset. Right. I'm touched out or whatever it is. I see your baby. Alex. I see. <laughs> I see the little hand coming in on the shoulder. But, like, you know, it's okay to say, no, you're okay. You're going to wait for right. me. Now, do we start with the full sequence of mommy going all the way to the kitchen, going to get the glass of water? No. We start with (laughs) peekaboo. We start with her hiding behind a piece of furniture and coming back out and giving smiles. And then we work towards her going to the door jam. And then coming back and giving yep. reinforcement. And then she goes out of sight and then comes back. And then she goes out of sight for a second and comes back. And then she goes out of sight for three seconds and comes back. Shaping. Yep. Right. Oh. We shape that behavior during the mm-hmm. day. And so that's what we can do at bedtime too. But we teach it during the day. That's, that's amazing. Right? Because yeah, if am- we start at the end of the chain, how often does is that successful? Zero, right. zero, literally,
1: <laughs> literally
2: zero times. Right. You know, we're not going to backwards chain sleep. I mean, I guess we could. I mean, it's an effective treatment. We could work backwards too. We could start right. with the child laying in bed for the first time and getting two feet away, three feet away. Problem is, most kids are going to be suspicious and be like, "No, mommy, you hold my hand." <laughs> right. Would you
1: start backwards chaining if they're having an issue? with just staying asleep so like they they're fine with going to bed they fall asleep on their own they're not like but then they wake up a lot during the night would so you start usually, backwards chaining
2: there the funny thing is is that it usually doesn't happen that way we all, we usually right. don't get kids who are falling asleep completely independently absent right. of any tools or crutches so like um, independently is not falling asleep on the iPad. That's not independent. Right. Right. <laughs> no. Independent no, no. is not like, oh, mommy's sitting in the room and they fall asleep and then mommy sneaks out. That's not independent. We don't often see kids who are 100% like when mommy is like, or daddy, I, I shouldn't be so Go to sleep. one-sided. Right. When, when parents are like, okay, good night. I love you. Go to sleep. Bid good night and walk out of the room. And, you know, two or three minutes later, child falls asleep. That's independence, right? You know, when Mm -hmm, it's just like mm -hmm. this very natural. We don't usually get middle-of-the-night wake-ups under those conditions.
1: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That makes Mm -hmm. sense.
2: We just don't. Um, Are there occasions when that happens? Yes. And those are kind of the outliers. And usually those are medication issues. Right. Medication has worn off. So they're, you know, maybe taking a sedative to fall asleep and the sedative wears off. Or maybe they're, you know, taking... You know, it could be melatonin, not uh, kind of. Uh, if we're taking enough melatonin, it can have a sedative effect. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes there are these other things that maybe we don't see as being like kind of sleep crutches that sort of fall into that. But yeah, I mean, right. we don't right. often just, you know, unless there's, you know, persistent nightmares or sometimes night terrors or something like that, which we don't really. Intervene with anyway, but yeah, of course, occasionally, but usually it's not persistent where the child's just falling asleep completely 100% independently in their sleep space, awaken alone, happy, satiated. Good night, right. love you, fall asleep, mm-hmm. and they're having persistent night awakenings. It doesn't often happen that way.
0: Right. I, it's interesting because I, remember, I like, wake up
1: a million times. Well, adult <laughs> sleep is night. different. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah. Adult I'm the sleep, lightest no, no. sleeper We're in the world, about-
2: though. We're talking about, like, pre-high school kids here, right? Right, right. And and also just depending on developmental level. But, like, you know, kids. Adult sleep is totally different It's a whole other beast because we have our own. Right, right. You know, like we were talking about, we have the own messages that we tell ourselves. And so we wake up in the middle of the night telling ourselves lies and, like, borrowing worry from the future and, you know, (laughs) saying, oh, my gosh. Where am I going to be in ten years? <laughs> right, Just the
0: anxieties of life, right? That's like the best time to do it before you lay oh, down. Yeah, <laughs> like that's
2: how we're wired because it's quiet and our, and our brain's going to high right. Heat. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so what is what do you think that is for like adults and dealing with sleep issues? Is a lot of it could be like I guess caffeine, light exposure, yep. too close to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, Anxieties and stress. Yep, yeah,
2: all of those, all of those things. Um, you know, look, as we get older, we we have more worries, and you know, once yeah. we have kids, that that grows exponentially. I mean, oh, you know, People who don't have kids have plenty of worries on their own, but add another human to the mix that you're trying to keep alive, and it's right. just you know, it's a whole other world. Um. Uh. So yeah, I mean, we w- what I find. And I'm going to say it, and there's probably research to substantiate it. But if there's not anyone listening, there needs to be research on this. Um, (laughs) What I find is that um, because we have so much on our minds, we resort to these um, crutches to help us fall asleep. Right. Because we don't want to be thinking the thoughts. Right? We don't want to be thinking Mm -hmm. all the thoughts. So we'd rather be looking at Pinterest or we'd rather be Mm -hmm. playing – I don't know what people play anymore. Candy Crush is that a thing anymore? I don't even know. Or we play solitaire, (laughs) or we're doing Sudoku on our, you know, or we're doing something on our 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 tablet, or we're doing something on our phone, or we're texting our bestie, and we're doing all of our. We're getting our therapy sessions (laughs) at eleven o'clock at night, (laughs) but we're on our screens, right? Right. Um, So we do all of those things, um, I believe to quiet the racing thoughts, right? Maybe we yeah. take a melatonin, mm-hmm. maybe we take a sedative, maybe we drink a glass mm-hmm. of wine, maybe we um, maybe we use, you know, marijuana or, or something to, to see right. our mm-hmm. brain so that we are thinking happy thoughts. It's really, you know, mm-hmm. a, a replacement, you know, we've developed these replacement behaviors for thinking the things. Right. Um, but what the thing is, is that wh- what we see in adult sleep and ch- children's sleep is whatever helped us fall asleep is killing our sleep overnight because it's not going to be there all night long. Right.
0: right. Right. Right.
2: So it's no different. So, like taking a glass of wine to help us fall asleep is no, it falls into the same category as a parent laying down with the child to help them fall asleep. It falls into right. the same mm. category because later at night, it's not there anymore. The effect has worn off. I mean, alcohol is a whole other thing because as we're excreting right. all the the sugars and the toxins and stuff like that, that actually raises our core temperature, and we actually wake up because of those things. But either way, right. like <clears throat> whatever it is that's helping us fall asleep, whether it's tablet, we're going to or, or podcasts, even, we find mm-hmm. that once the the brain falls asleep, and then we get into our lighter phases of sleep late at night, like between one and three AM,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we wake up we have to refresh our podcasts we have to we find ourselves having to get up and go to the bathroom we find ourselves taking some people take another melatonin or another sedative um, wow. we you know you know can't fall back asleep because now those thoughts are back there so we're back on our phone right and we're back on our – some people – I. this is so funny. I, I'm going to make my best friend listen to this. But <laughs> I always – I'm like – Yes, share it. Bad, bad, crazy. So she I, she has the worst time. She gets up and she does work in the middle of the night. I'm mm-hmm.
0: like, what the so fuck? So stimulating. What? I'm like, what? That's crazy.
2: Because, Emily, I, I'm just not tired. I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. Me. So, you know, some people are doing those things where they're laying awake in bed. Not knowing what Mm -hmm. to do with their brain. And so they're like, well, I might as well just get work done. Which is totally the wrong thing to do. The
0: wrong thing to do.
2: Yes. I don't usually do that. I'm like, there's not like, okay, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just doing things that aren't really sustainable over time. They're not going to contribute to your healthy sleep. But I can tell you getting up and doing work in the middle of the night, that's wrong. (laughs) That's the
1: wrong thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I've never done that. But I do wake up a lot. Like yeah. I'm such a light sleeper. Mm. Like I, w- I wake up to move in my sleep. I won't roll over in
2: my sleep no, no, and wake up in a different that. position. So, so that's, like, not I light can't. Sleep. That, that's not being a light sleeper. Oh, that's being that's in normal? your light phase of sleep. <laughs> so that's normal. So oh. that's how we know we've achieved a light phase of sleep. And that's how we're cresting from one REM sleep to another. So like if you think oh. about sleep as like a wavelength where it goes like up, down, up, down, mm-hmm. slowly all night long. It's not exactly that equal. We're we're in much more deep sleep at the beginning of the night and much more phases, longer phases of light sleep at the end of the night. But let's just take it as like a basic wavelength. If you look at the top of the wavelength where it like crests, imagine there's like a little microscopic hair of a gap. Right. Where everybody wakes up. We have a small little micro awakening where we're going from one phase of REM sleep to another phase of REM sleep and we wake up and we turn over and we stretch and we take a big oh. refreshing deep breath and we kind of become a little bit aware aware. Maybe we blink our eyes open. Maybe we like kind of uh, maybe we get up and go to the bathroom. Um, right. But we, we have these light awakenings. All night long, mm-hmm. multiple times a night, we have the opportunity oh. to put ourselves back to sleep. So you can imagine, you we've all had this experience, I'll, I'll illustrate it for you, where <clears throat> you're having this wonderful dream and it's just such a nice dream and you wake up from it <laughs> and you tell yourself, no, 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 what was I just thinking about? It was so nice. Yes. You know? Okay, wait, what was that? No, let me put myself back to sleep because it was so nice at night. And, and sometimes you're able to do it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you're able to actually continue the dream and sometimes you're not and it's lost and you're like, oh, but I'm so tired. I'm just going to go back to sleep. Oh, well, let's Mm -hmm, just be happy that we had a nice dream and we're going to go back to sleep. That was a conscious awakening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where you literally told yourself a message where you said that was so nice. I want to keep it going. That's that little light awakening.
0: So is that is that good or bad or normal?
2: Great, no, or? healthy. No, no, no. We're supposed to have It's okay, good. Yes, we're supposed to have these. Okay. So what I tell people is that what sleep is, is bedtime on repeat. <laughs> How we fall asleep, we don't just fall asleep. It's, it's not like a rainbow. We don't just fall asleep uh-huh. at bedtime and magically wake up in the morning at the other, on the other side of the rainbow.
0: Right. Zero
2: humans fall asleep at bedtime and wake up in the morning. That is not how sleep works. We Do go some people to just sleep forget? and we wake up and we go to sleep I and know. we wake up and we go to sleep and wake up. And every time we have a light awakening, it's an opportunity for us to put ourselves back to sleep, which is why for children, when we help them fall asleep and then we leave, mm-hmm. they wake up in the middle of the night a hundred times to come find us again. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, my yes. big light bulb moment. So, the same, yes, thing, <laughs> yeah, so for the same thing with adults, if we're listening to our podcast, when we get into those light phases of sleep, the conditions have changed. Our podcast is off, right? Right. Anytime the conditions right. change in our sleep environment. So we get this with kids who are transferred, right? They fall asleep mm-hmm. on the couch and we transfer them to the bed. Or they fall asleep on right. our arms and we transfer them to their crib. Or they fall asleep and we're laying down with them, and then they wake up in the middle of the night. We're not there. Or they fall asleep with a bottle in their mouth, and then suddenly we think they're hungry all night long, but really all they're doing is recovering that that bedtime. Um, And then Mm. yeah, so it's bed. If we have to think about it as bedtime on repeat, we have to be able to do that bedtime. Yeah, whatever was happening at bedtime, we have to be able to do that five to 10 times a night, just depending on how old the child is or how old the adult is. Right. You that, know, we have that's to be so interesting. doing it over and over. So bedtime is just once, no.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Bedtime it's all throughout the night. Right. Sleep is bedtime on repeat.
0: So would you say people that have these long drawn out bedtime routines, is that a clutch or a too much of a no. pump
2: dependence? No. So when we look at sleep, we look at the minute the eyes close and we actually dip into sleep. So whatever's happening uh-huh. in that moment, everything okay. leading up to it is just preparing the brain for sleep. Okay. So, no, we do need okay. bedtime routines. Adults need bedtime routines too. And they yeah, to because I'm big absent. on that. Yeah, they have to be absent mm-hmm. of screen time. They have to be calming. Mm-hmm. We can't have exercise or jumping or getting wiggles out too close to bedtime because that's going to increase mm-hmm. the core temperature and that's going to sabotage sleep. We have to make sure okay. we're offering bedtimes at the right time. Our bedtimes have to be the right time, like right? Like, right. We have to have right. a reasonable bedtime. How many hours bedtime. should we get? Adults need probably eight to nine. Really? Less than, I know I do. Less than 7, <laughs> less than are you 7 serious? and this the the, mm-hmm. the data just drops like like a like a barbell mm-hmm. in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Right? Um, and yeah. less than 7 hours and we are not healthy humans and productive people, No, and people who are like, oh, I can survive on 5 hours, I'm fine. What the data no, no. the data actually I did that all year. I know about what the what the research and the data actually shows is that we underreport our level of exhaustion without even thinking mm-hmm. about it. It's the same yeah. as saying giving the keys to someone who's drunk and they're like, Oh, I'm fine right. to drive. I'm fine to drive. Right. It's the same right. kind of under reporting. We don't know we're doing it. But the evidence shows that people who have less than seven hours of sleep on a consistent basis are no different than, like, the drunk driver. They're going to say they feel well-rested. They're going to say they feel like they're surviving and they're fine. But uh, cognitively, the, the tests that come out of that kind of um, uh, research show that you're not fine. <laughs> Do we just get used to it then?
0: Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. It's your new
1: baseline. Yep. Cause it's I've like I'm not even kidding. Time. Like all year, like five, six hours, that was me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm good. And I worked from like I would be at my school by seven. And I worked till seven thirty at night. And I studied and I did class and I and I was like, I did it all school year. All I'm gonna year. give you <laughs> and the I was biggest, like, I'm good.
2: <laughs> the biggest tip I'm okay. no one's gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the <laughs> biggest tip that's well substantiated in all the sleep research. I'm gonna give you the biggest tip. Mm-hmm. The night before you start studying. Yeah. And the night after you've had a good study session, those are the two most important sleeps for memory consolidation and for learning. You have to be getting your eight hours of sleep in order to perform well on your exams. You have to. This cramming and pulling all nighters. Actually, not statistically, but the research shows, right? The research, the duplicated, very robust research shows that you will not perform well on learned information if you haven't had healthy sleep the night before and the night after learning. So prioritize sleep over your studying hours. Set your studying hours to end by 8.30 or 9 o'clock get into bed at 10 or 9.30, read an enjoyable book. Don't read ABA Mm -hmm. books. Don't read your medical (laughs) journals. Read some trash. Fall asleep, (laughs) not on your tablet, but read a book with paper Um, or do some Sudoku or do some crossword puzzles. Fall asleep by 10, 10.30. Wake up Mm -hmm. by 7, 7.30. You're going to learn more and you're going to retain more with a consistent system of that rather than cramming it all in until 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and then getting five hours of sleep and then waking up to cram again. You're actually going to learn less. You're making yourself dumber by doing that.
1: Right. I mean, I just did that because I was the only time of the day because I, I, te- I was teaching and then I was an RBT right after. So like I literally yeah. I would tell my boyfriend all the time, like, I wish I could just add two more hours into the day. But like I, mean, I would every single day. But, with but I don't have to do that schedule, anymore.
2: But Ashley, let me tell you, with that schedule, you would be serving your memory better to just study two hours a day.
0: Right. Right. And just study right.
2: from like, you know, 730 to 930. 30. You know, eat dinner, study, eat dinner, study, and go to bed. You're going to retain more. You'll retain more just studying consistently two hours a day than you will studying five hours and forgetting most of it. Exactly. <laughs> and feeling yeah. exhausted and feeling like garbage and eating terribly because now you're sleep deprived. Yes. So you're going to be eating all the sugar yes. and starch, right? So right? So sleep really is the thing to prioritize, especially when you're trying to make improvements in your diet in exercise, output. I mean, the performance studies that have been done on rested versus unrested athletes is profound. If you're going to improve anything, you have to sleep.
0: Yeah. I always tell my clients because I I work in um, health and fitness and I Sleep is over everything. I'd rather you have a good night's sleep than go work out. Like sleep is you're gonna prioritize because if you're not sleeping, you're not gonna recover. Um, you're not gonna be as strong. It's just that is preemptive before any anything else. Yeah. So but uh, the I think the it's one important.
2: thing in Western culture we deprioritize first thing.
0: Yes, it's oh, the yes. 100%. First yes. thing.
2: It's the first thing we let go. It's the yes. first thing. We don't let – we don't starve ourselves. Like we don't purposely like, you know, right. fast for seven days. <laughs> we don't do right. that. No. We don't withhold water from ourselves. We don't do that. Right. But sleep right. is is kind of this cultural negotiable.
0: It's because you're not productive, I would say. It, well, yeah. that's what people think. No, you're yeah, not sure. being productive. You're, there's yes. no like – and we tangible product that you're producing. Right.
2: And we have assigned laziness to it and we've assigned all these yes, things yes. to it. But honestly, it's yes. like, it's funny. I, you know, uh, I, there's an amazing book. Everyone should read it. It's called why we sleep. Uh, it's by Matthew Walker. It was like life changing for me when I read it. Um, it just really just, it's just opened my mind to all the different things that sleep does. Um. But he says, like, uh, in, in his research, he just – he kind of it, – it's funny. He does it very tongue-in-cheek where he says, you know, either sleep is evolution's or Mother Nature's biggest mistake or her greatest accomplishment, basically. Because <laughs> sleep is the one thing that has never changed. And it if you look at sleep, it serves no purpose. We cannot protect our young while we're asleep. We cannot procreate when we're asleep. Right. We cannot feed ourselves when we are asleep. We cannot hydrate when we are asleep. Um, we, we cannot hunt. We cannot gather. We do absolutely nothing when we sleep, yet it is the one thing that hasn't changed over all of evolution. Our pinky fingers, our little toes, our wisdom teeth, all those things are going away. Our hair on our body has all gone away, right? We look at evolution and like the physical, the physical like toll it has taken on what we look like now and how we function now, you know, like our appendix is smaller, our tonsils, everything has changed. Sleep has never, ever changed. So with that, it serves a major evolutionary function of self-preservation and life-sustaining properties. And it's the one thing that we're like,
1: eh. We don't do. <laughs> <laughs> but we get like reinforcement. Because I know like I would go on Instagram all the time and be like, oh my god, I got like no sleep. But so many people would DM me like, you're so amazing. You're such a hard worker. I was like, don't follow team, like, what I do. no sleep. Like, yeah, don't no. do what I do. Like, I'm talking about it in a bad way. Like, it's not good. And once I graduated… I was like I'm not doing that anymore. I like with all the time. I'm done like sacrificing fitness. I'm done sacrificing health and I'm done sacrificing my sleep. Yes. Like I'm not doing that anymore cuz it's not good. And then you get in a cycle and you get reinforced and you're exhausted but you're just like I can I can function. I'm good. Yeah. It's like you think you can. I don't know if I
2: can. <laughs> you can't because if you take so here's here's the dimensions. Here are the dimensions that have been researched. Um driving Right. Oh, I would almost fall asleep driving all
1: the time. I would have to
2: call people like my boyfriend, my sister. On limited sleep, Mm -hmm. our driving is compromised. Our memory, our cognitive abilities, right? Our ability to um, build (laughs) our safety. These are all our our athletic performance, our diets. These um, These are all dimensions of sleep fullness and sleeplessness that have been tested and researched that show that we suck when we don't have enough sleep. We don't eat well. We don't perform well cognitively. We don't drive well. Our, our fine motor and our gross motor and our, 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 our what do you call it? Our reaction times, sorry. <clears throat> our reaction times are completely destroyed under poor sleep. Um, yeah. I mean, they've done, they did a a, a study where they actually changed school start times for high schoolers. I guess um, the baseline statistic was that um, the the number one killer of teenagers between 16 and 18, these driving ages, was car accidents.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. So they
2: took um, a sample, uh, and they've done this in a couple high schools now. Um, they've done these baselines. And by moving school start times, an hour to an hour and a half, so where school actually starts closer to 8.30 or 9 o'clock for high school students who notoriously have late bedtimes because their circadian rhythm changes around puberty. And so they don't fall asleep until 11 o'clock or later. And that's just natural. I mean, that's just what happens in the teenagers. By moving school start times they decreased accidents in their student populations by 60%. 60. Wow.
0: Wow. So wow. there's
2: really a direct correlation between good sleep and how we perform during the day. I mean, we could talk about depression rating skills, anxiety rating skills. We could talk about our self-perception, our perception of danger, how um mm-hmm. how nervous we are and how, you know, anxious we are because of these perceived dangers, how we think people are actually trying to like hurt us when they're not. Like right. So much there's just so much evidence to to display how important sleep is, but we're just like, eh, <laughs> right. I feel okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I would say.
0: What are some actual steps that people can take away today? Um, you know, like what can they do right now to improve their sleep?
2: Offer right. yourselves at least eight and a half hours in bed. Okay. I think part of the problem starts where we're not even offering ourselves that amount. If you know, right. if you know right. that your baby wakes up at six o'clock in the morning, you, you nine, have yeah. to offer yourself more time in bed. You can't yeah. just stay there, at, you know, go to bed at eleven or twelve o'clock at night and then complain right. the next day that your child was up so early. I mean, you can. Everybody does, right. but that's a you problem. <laughs> Right, (laughs) right. That's not the kid's problem. If you know your baby's going to be up at 6 a.m., you have to be in bed by 9 or 8.30 even. You have to offer yourself at least eight, eight and a half hours of a sleep opportunity. Giving yourself that opportunity to get that amount of sleep is number one. So if you know you have to be up for work by 7.30, you have to be in bed by 10. You have is. to offer yourself this amount of time. That's probably number one where we shortchange ourselves is on bedtime.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like,
2: mm-hmm. you know what, what, I knew I had to be up for this podcast this morning at this ungodly hour of 8 a.m. on a <laughs> Sunday, sacrilege. No, no, no. But like, you know, I, I mean, but really, like, if you know you have to be up at a certain time. right? You can't, don't. Don't put yourself to bed later and purposely shortchange yourself knowing you're only going to get six hours of sleep. So that's an actionable item. And that's behavioral, like, right? That takes behavior change. That takes... You have to deprioritize, you know, your Netflix and whatever. You got to stop yeah. watching the <laughs> circle. circle. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, that means setting an alarm, saying, like, I need to shut yeah. my screens down an hour before I want to be asleep. So, like, I call it the Rachel. Do you guys – I don't know if you guys remember this episode in Friends where she's like Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to have babies, but if I want to have babies, that's at least nine months and I want to be married before I have babies. Yes. And then I, I need to meet the person and, and then I have to date the person and I know it's not going to be the right person the first time. And so she reverses. And so she's like, basically I have to like be, be have met the person now. Like today. That's how we have to look <laughs> sleep. a good episode. If you want to be asleep by 10. <laughs> and yeah, you have you to gotta go, do
0: all these things. Okay,
2: then I need to shut off my screens by nine. I have to have had my shower right. by 9 15, 9 30. I have to have had dinner by 7 30. I have to, you know, like you have to work yeah. backwards. You have to, you can't just show up at 11 and be like, oh, it's time for bed. And have just turned off your screens and been like, okay, it's bedtime. Like you really do have to do the Rachel and you have to back things up and project. Like in the morning when you wake up, say, I want my lights out at 1030. That means tonight I have to turn my phone off, tablet off, screens off, no more TV by 930. That means that I have to now go out today and go buy some books of Sudoku. I have to go buy some trashy novels. I have to go buy some crossword puzzles or I have to, you know, I have to have some pen and paper where I'm going to journal. Journal is great. is great. That shuts off. That shuts off those intrusive thoughts, you guys. Just journal it all out. Get it all out on the paper you know, cuss out your boss on the paper. Don't do it. And don't have that conversation on paper in the hour before you go to sleep. So you're not replaying that conversation in your head and all those things you should have said. Those right. are 90% of the conversations we have with ourselves at bedtime is all the things we should have said during the day. Put it on the paper, put it in your journal, right? But you have to set it up that way. You have to work backwards and say, okay, in order for me to be asleep by 1030, I have to have all these things done and in place. So number one would be offering yourself the amount of time. And then the the secondary things are, okay, what is my bedtime routine going to look like? It has to be absent of screens, absent of alcohol for at least three hours because three hours is how long it takes, uh, three or four hours actually, is how long it takes alcohol to break down in the system so it doesn't impede your sleep. You know, I mean if you're going to, you know, have your coffee, have it before noon because it takes caffeine about 10 hours to metabolize in the system. We were talking about metabolism oh, so as we first started so wild, the conversation. Dude. Yeah, 10 yeah. hours. Yeah, 10 hours. <laughs> and so oh, most people when they drink caffeine in the morning, it's to self-medicate their sleep deprivation. Their sleep
0: yeah, right. that's gonna be me. I'm like waiting to yeah.
2: start that bot. And look, on occasion, so <laughs> and it's a cycle. I have coffee every morning because I love it, it's my ritual. Um, I went seven days without coffee and it didn't affect me because I'm not dependent right. on it for its right. wakefulness properties, so I don't get caffeine headaches. Because I'm not dependent on the caffeine, right? It's not an addiction. My brain isn't expecting it for the purposes of remaining awake and being alert. I sip it over like three hours. I sip my coffee like I just sip it because I just love how it tastes and I love the ritual and I love – I'm that person who warms my coffee up like four or five times. (laughs)
0: right i'll like i three copies by
2: three o'clock like not i (laughs) yeah (laughs) most people don't most people chug it so that they can get that instant whatever so you know cutting caffeine off at a certain time and having strategies when you get that 3 p.m dip because Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is the chemical that has been building up in your brain since wake-up time that's adenosine Right, time for siesta. Yep, yeah, time for siesta. It's <laughs> only because your caffeine has dropped off, that caffeine mm-hmm. effect has worn off, and now mm-hmm. you're feeling the compound effect of the the chemical that naturally builds up in your brain all day long that causes sleepiness at night. When we block, I, feel like that,
0: I need a console from you.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, when me too. We, when, we block, <laughs> when we block the adenosine feeling, right? When we block that sleepy feeling you know usually how it works so like in a in a rested brain how adenosine works and i'll just talk about this for like 2 seconds it's science and boring but if it, it it's as all. if people are putting the pebble it, you know it's if you have like your skills right you have your 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 legal scale right and you're putting a couple pebbles on the scale all day long. That's adenosine, right? It builds up all day long, but you don't notice it too much because it's like, you know, someone's putting a pebble, another pebble, another pebble, and it's getting heavier, heavier, heavier. And as you get towards bedtime is when it's kind of like, okay, that's our sleep pressure. And that's when we're like, okay, we're really tired. Caffeine blocks the feeling of that, but the pebbles are still being put on. So when caffeine wears off, it feels like that scale is a brick. Oh, okay. it feels like someone Got has just it. placed a brick on your scale and now it feels so, you feel so sleepy that you need more caffeine. <laughs> right, and right. You just, that's when I cycle. get my matcha.
1: And That's when you yeah. get your
2: matcha and that's where you get your, <laughs> yeah. and that's when you get, go get your afternoon caffeine. Wow. And then you can't sleep at night.
0: Oh, it's a cycle it's a vicious cycle it emily it's vicious
2: cycle. <laughs> so it only takes a few days to break the cycle though that's the good news but you have to know that like okay you for a couple of days you're you're gonna feel like a little bit crap right <laughs> right at, at that three four o'clock and you're gonna feel like you can't make it but you know, I just tell keep people, on trucking iced water. You're going <laughs> to ice water. You're going to take a nice cold shower, maybe go for a swim, go outside. That's when you want to go for a walk, get some more natural blue light, natural vitamin right. D. You're going to want to, I mean, this is where I use my essential oils sometimes for people is like huff your peppermint. Right. Peppermint's going to yes, wake peppermint you up. Is great. Huff some peppermint, huff, huff some wintergreen, huff some helichrysum. Put it in your hands and just breathe it in. That's gonna wake up your yeah. system. It's gonna dilate your your veins. It's gonna help with blood flow. It's gonna make you feel less sleepy. Do that in the afternoon instead of your caffeine. And just for a couple days to get yourself back in a rhythm that doesn't include mm-hmm. afternoon caffeine.
0: Right, right. So there are I think we could talk for it. like hours I know, more. I know. And- I, know. Okay. I know, I know. We no, haven't
2: all of our questions, I don't think.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's so interesting. And it's so, I mean, it's the, so valuable. People need to hear this. Like you said, we're not prioritizing it in our in our culture. It's just like the a second thought, but it really should be our, our main thought. Um, we should like prioritize our whole day around it. So I totally, everything you're saying, I'm like, okay, I'm going to drink my coffee. I'm going to stop <laughs> after this cup. And I'm going to try to get myself back in that rhythm because I noticed once we are all... all when we do the weekend, it's like putting ourselves on jet lag because we're our sleep is messed up because I'm I have a good sleep routine Monday through Friday and then Saturday Sunday rolls around and we're I'm not, like
2: circle. I mean, look, out. we can spend a whole podcast talking about the myth of sleeping it off,
0: right? Catching oh, right. up on
2: and catching up on sleep and why that's such a myth.
0: Right, it's gone. It's when it's gone, it's gone. When right, it's gone, it's gone. right. You never
2: get those opportunities for learning back. You never get yes. it back. And just we can talk about yes, we can talk about health and our kidneys yes. and our liver so and our digestion and our gut health yes, and our so wellness. Much more. We, we can come back and just do a whole wellness episode. Yes. Sounds good. So Emily, wh- where can people find you? Um, what do you have going on? Yeah. I'm, okay. So I'm easy to find on Instagram. It's just at Ready Set Sleep with a little underscore. I think I'm the only Ready Set Sleep out there. And um, My website is just readysetsleep.com. Um, BCBAs can get their CEUs there. You can purchase a sleep bundle. It's six CEUs, including it's six CEUs, including two ethics. Um, and it's 47 bucks. Like I just want people to have it. It's, you know, it's, it's really a deal. Um, you can buy them individually. Um, they're still cheap individually. Um, I have an ethics class, a bedtime routines course sorry um and then just an autism and sleep class if you of course so if you just want just the CEUs um you can get those on my website right. under just shop CEUs they're right there um and I'm also available to come in-house and actually teach ABA companies um or wellness companies about sleep so I'm also available for in-services and in-person or virtual CEUs
0: that's awesome so I keep yeah, sleep
2: that. all day long Awesome,
0: yeah. I can, t- I can tell you're very passionate. You have you're just like a wealth of information on sleep, so I'm. It's fun. Really Imagine your it's, content. It's fun. I love it.
1: So, for the task analysis breakdown this week, we're going to be taking um, an item from the task list from section G, which is behavior change procedures, um, specifically discussing G8, which is use chaining. Um, and I didn't. I picked this, and now I just feel so happy that I did because it's so appropriate. <laughs> what we're talking yes. about? It's so
2: appropriate. Um, chaining our own so behaviors, the qu- right?
1: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So the, I wrote the question, but then I was like doing the collective last night, and I realized that I think my question's wrong. So I kind of I'm glad that we're all staying on because I want to talk about it a little bit. But I put, "What are the three different types of chaining used in applied behavior analysis?" Um, so we'll just give like. 10 second latency, five seconds. So people can just brainstorm about it. So I put the answers of forward chaining, backward chaining and total task chaining. But I was like rewatching a video from the collective that I'm studying with. And there was a fourth one called backward chaining with leaps ahead. And I was like, is that official? Or am I is that like from fifth edition? And I just didn't know I just learned this and I'm being completely like, transparent with everybody that I didn't know that that was part of it I thought it was just the main three
0: I, I feel like backward chaining with leaps of head is like a variation of backward chaining right that's what um, it seems like yeah so I mean I, I what it is is like the, the learner knows like specific yeah. steps so they you can you don't have to just start from like z and go to a you can do z m Right. D and then so it so they're having they're not developing a prompt dependence yeah. on D and M when they already know D and M. If that makes right. sense to people. So it's just it's just a, a variation of backward training. Um I'm sure Emily, have you ever done uh, backward training with leaps of head with
2: No, I mean not not um not intentionally. I mean sometimes what we find is that um the children have splinter skills. So what we'll do is we'll skip some steps because they've already let's say mastered some of these splinter skills. Um but it's not with the it's not um as part of the actual program of hey, we've programmed for a leap ahead. It's more right. like oh, right. we we realize like just I don't know with a stupid example like, you know, tying shoes like you know, maybe they already have the bunny ears in the loop around, but what they didn't know was how to do the initial knot in the first place, right? Right. So we teach them to do right. the knot and then they've already mastered kind of like the bunny ears and the, and, you know, the bunny ears, but maybe they just don't, they're crossing them the wrong way or something like that. You know, so that's when we would like maybe skip that as far as, um you know, we would just consider it mastered and then move on, but it's not like, exactly uh, not programming right. it for a leap ahead. Which I think sometimes has to be done, um, just depending on the reinforcement history of the client. I think sometimes we do leaps ahead just to avoid satiation and things like that, um, to avoid like burnout on the earlier steps. So, you know, it really just depends right. on yeah. the learning of the of the client.
0: Yeah, exactly. And when you, as a BCBA, um, when you choose the programming for how you're going to do chaining, it's all about taking that baseline and seeing what the learner of course. knows. So that's, you know, that's really important um, for people listening. Like, how do I know to do backward or forward or total tasks? Like, you need to take your baseline and probe and see what the skills, what have been developed and um, what could be shaped or um, just what is is reinforcing. Sometimes the last step is the most reinforcing step. So you want to start there. It just really depends on what the skill is and what the learner already knows.
2: Yeah, and the learning profile of the learner as well and, you know how engaged they are how motivated are they to actually do the thing right yeah. <laughs> yes. yep. exactly. like why would yep. I tie my shoe if mommy does it for me every time come on <laughs> or
1: why would I tie my shoe if I have shoes that have velcro
2: <laughs> or right. Exactly. right if I wear flip flops all day long like what the yeah exactly
0: <laughs> okay well thank you again Emily it was yes. um, a pleasure talking to you I definitely Want to bring you back. So we'll talk about another, a day in time because I feel like we can keep talking. Thank you guys for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe to wherever you're listening now on your podcast. Leave a review if you are on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We're trying to get more reviews.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: then you can find our Instagram at ABA on a pod. You can find Emily's Instagram at Ready Set Sleep. You can find me personally at Objective Outcomes.
1: And you can find me at Behavior with Ash. And thank you for
0: listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.